0: All right, welcome everybody to this episode of O365A and uh, we're going to do a year in review for 2022 and we'll end it with what we're looking forward to in the coming new year, but uh, we thought it was uh, a good year to do a year in review. Microsoft Teams, as you know, which we specialize in this podcast, um, released a a whole bunch of features at a a, a rapid pace and... uh, also some M365 functionality that plays with Microsoft Teams. So we wanted to recap, not just what was released, but what we see in the field is being used the most. And um, with that Habib, I'll kick it over to you to uh, uh, talk about a few things in your, your radar this year.
1: Yeah, thanks Kurt. So um, obviously with, you know, a lot of organizations um, have been working on their return to work strategy or hybrid model. Um, i think that's you know a big importance of some of the feature set you know that uh, were, were announced this past year and are sort of coming um in the next year so um one of the the ones you know we're talking about is you know microsoft places it's a new app that Microsoft announced i believe at ignite um essentially that will provide a dashboard for um employees to see you know where the the rest of their colleagues are you know over a month let's say um be able to, you know, see whether the hybrid, or sorry, the office or remote, uh, you'd be able to book um, locations or spot however many times throughout the week. So, you know, you're guaranteed sort of that desk uh, when you go into the office. Um, other additional things like uh, wayfinding and navigation, so you know being able to add your map of your organization in your floor plan and using your um, your telephone uh, to be able to get you to the location in the event that you know it's a it's a new location or office space that you're not accustomed to. And a lot of organizations have gone into this workspace 2.0 if you want to call it with you know it's more hoteling type uh, functionality as opposed to you know dedicated uh, desks. Um, and then the next thing is obviously with that, you need to be able to, um, with other tools, you know, the Microsoft have, be able to provide that uh, availability of where I am. So in Outlook, I think that's going to be a huge feature set. So you'd be able to set, you know, when um, you're going to be in the office in Outlook. So you can say, like, oh, I'm going to be in the office on these days or remote on these days. Um, and one thing I think that's going to be really beneficial as well is just to be able to target the um, the uh, I guess the meeting scheduler and let them know uh, during your RSVP whether you're going to be hybrid or remote. So this way they'll have a better understanding of you know um, you know what um, sorry not hybrid but in the office or remote, and they'll have a better understanding of you know who's going to be there, who's not. Maybe they can adjust the room size depending on the meeting as well um and then with that talk about meeting spaces so i know that um a lot of organizations are you know sort of redoing their meeting spaces and um i think they're you know the main thing you know before it was you know you'd have just like the table in the center of the room and the camera up front but i think they're more in the designing um you know, of these rooms to have a good experience for the remote users. It's not really, you know, building a better experiences for those that are in the room. It's actually building a better experience for those that are actually calling in uh, or joining the meeting externally. So you'll you'll probably see a lot of those U-shaped, you know, tables with these screens up there so that everybody can be seen visually on the screen, um, you know, during the meetings, during the meeting itself. So those are the few different items that, you know, I'm looking forward to from the uh, from the hybrid side of things and I'll uh, pass it over to Michael to give us a talk about some uh, devices. Yeah, I mean, going along on the the
2: hybrid theme, uh, I've been working with a lot of organizations that are trying to restructure how they were doing things, you know, kind of post pandemic. Uh, so, you know, things like large large town hall events, now that it's not like a, a one to many uh, type session where, you know, live events was a kind of a perfect fit there. They're coming into the, you know, into different offices and now they have that hybrid experience where they have, you know, presenters and attendees in the same space. And live events doesn't really fit in that mold. So, you know, they're starting to use more features that are out in, in Teams meetings, things like spotlighting, uh, PowerPoint Live and Cameo, being able to pre-define the camera feed into the, the PowerPoint slides and stuff like that. So we're seeing new ways of using the, the technology that has been released this year. On the certified devices front, you know, a lot of devices have been uh, uh, added to the list. You know, we have devices from Neat, we have Cisco in the mix now. We have new devices from Logitech, uh, Poly, uh, Crestron, Sony. You know, on the AV side, for the kind of the traditional uh, AV uh, vendors, for you know, in-ceiling microphones and and microphone arrays and stuff like that. So we're seeing a lot of devices certified to kind of make these these experiences, like Hab was mentioning before kind of optimize regardless of what that that space looks like. Uh, I think one of the biggest changes was on the licensing side for for meeting rooms. So this was the the Microsoft Teams Room Pro. So the kind of deprecation of the standard and premium licensing and getting the premium features uh, kind of to everyone. So the features of that that uh, Microsoft Teams portal or uh, the, the premium or sorry, the pro portal uh, from a management point of view, we get to now get, uh, you know, Insights on best practices. You know, did you change the default password? You know, are you running drivers that are out of uh, out of sync? Uh, being able to have your own update ring, so really manage these devices in a, in a better way uh, with the, the kind of the premium features on now and Pro. On the voice side, we have the the Sit Gateway having support for like DECT so the wireless handsets. We have now ATA support that's in preview and then coming into next year, paging. So we're, we're seeing kind of that env- enhancement kind of across the, the board for, for devices.
0: that may, i will throw it
2: to Kurt.
0: Yeah, well, Michael, you mentioned a couple of premium uh, features. One of the big announcements that was recently made uh, that's in preview right now, but it's coming uh, February of 2023, is a new premium Microsoft Teams offering called Microsoft Teams Premium. And it'll be a per user add on license. And really, this uh, lights up a lot of capabilities for meetings, almost exclusively for meetings. Um, some of the, the, the big features here are meeting guides, which can be controlled and managed by your IT department. And it helps uh, users set up the right type of meeting. So think of them as like meeting templates, and it'll set up all the meeting options for the type of meeting that the user wants um you'll be able to customize the meeting branding so the the lobby and you can even create custom backgrounds and together modes for your employees um, based on the, the branding for your organization and a bunch of other features which are powered with uh, artificial intelligence so with the premium license you'll be able to get intelligent recaps on meetings and some of the things that does is it'll, uh, Use AI to basically generate actions and owners for those actions that it hears in the meeting, and you'll get a smarter recap of of the meeting. You'll get chapters, uh, you'll get markers for when a person's name was mentioned, which just makes it easier to consume the meeting after it's been recorded. And live translations. Um, right now, you can uh, choose a, a live uh, translation for a meeting but you can't do it uh, in the native language for different participants. So with the premium license, you'll be able to choose from 40 different spoken languages so meeting participants can read captions in their own languages. That's, uh, that's pretty, pretty significant for inclusive meetings. Um, there's a slew of capabilities around keeping your meetings more confidential. As we know with some meetings, there's sensitive information that's uh, shown on the screen or discussed. Uh, so, you'll get the ability to do things like watermarking uh, the meeting, uh, which will help deter leaks and um, limiting the ability who can uh, record the meeting. You'll be able to use sensitivity labels to help protect um, some of that meeting uh, leakage uh, by um, controlling some of the meeting features like recording based on the sensitivity label assigned to it. Uh, there's another slew of features that this um, premium uh, license lights up around uh, virtual appointments. So if that's a feature set you use, you'll get a couple new capabilities in terms of managing that end-to-end virtual appointment uh, experience. So uh, another big thing that was on my radar, working for a for a software ISV in the Microsoft Teams ecosystem, is chargeable APIs in To date, Microsoft really hasn't done much uh, in terms of charging for the use of APIs. All that changed in July of this year when Microsoft introduced um, a pay-as-you-go consumption-based API for Microsoft Teams export, and that was to export the private chats in a Microsoft Teams uh, tenant. And that really impacted uh, ISVs that did backups or migrations that required pulling a lot of data from the team's tenant. And uh, this was sort of uh, a purview of what what was to come in terms of the Microsoft 365 API space, because they sort of used the, the team's export API charge model to gauge the reaction and, and get some experience on uh, their plans to uh, do this in other M365 APIs. And recently, I think it was about two weeks ago, they clarified how they plan to charge for that API usage. And they'll essentially have three different tiers. One is the standard tier where that's the regular graph-based usage with the APIs that are used typically to access the M365 services in your tenant. Um, Those will likely not be charged. They're like sort of a standard free tier. But when you have higher capacity requirements, like the Teams export, which uh, you know, private chats and attendant can be hundreds of thousands or millions. Uh, there'll be a second tier called high capacity, and that'll be a pay-as-you-go uh, model, uh, much like the Teams export API. And uh, you know, you can think of scenarios like streaming data out for M365 backups or a, a migration scenario. Uh, the third tier. Uh, discussed in this model is advanced APIs. So these are APIs that deliver new functionality. Um, for example, the Azure Communication Services is an example that um, allows API or developers to develop advanced functionalities around communication options. So it's uh, very interesting how um, this is unfolding and uh, not the most exciting topic in the world, but it's really going to impact.
2: Um, what you can do with your tenant at scale. And
0: uh, it will also impact potentially costs for doing advanced uh, type functionality. So, so that'll be really interesting to see how this unfolds in 2023. And we're just, uh, we got uh, a good taste of it in 2022. So with that, I'll turn it over to Dino to talk about some uh, some features on his radar this year.
3: Yeah, thanks, Kurt. So uh, continuing on on the, the calling theme, um, Microsoft made a few key announcements this year, um, specifically in the Teams app, um, they introduced CRM integration into the calling app. So you can now, on an inbound call, uh, configure uh, the Teams backend to just pop a web browser. So you can put the URL to the API for your um, CRM application and on an inbound call, that'll pass that phone number to your CRM app and it Uh, You know, you can customize the popping of information. Maybe I'll pull some customer info data. So that's kind of great and kind of cool because uh, um, if you don't, you don't need to go to a full blown contact center solution uh, to get that type of functionality, you can get real um, value driven right out of the native app. Um, Analog device support was announced. Um, This was something long awaited by many uh, organizations uh, that had analog devices. So you can now um, support these devices through Teams. Um, namely, uh, Audio Codes, Cisco, and Poly have announced support for analog devices. All the Media Pack series yeah, ATAs on the Audio Code side, the Cisco 191 and 192 series ATAs, and the Poly OBI uh, 30301 300 ATAs are supported. So. Um configuration is uh, fairly straightforward, and you can literally connect any analog device, um, acquire a team shared device license, uh, and you're making and receiving calls on analog devices um, through teams. So that's uh, that's pretty cool as well. We have um, detailed calling history is was released in the in the calling app as well. Um, you get a more comprehensive view of where the call came from, whether it was transferred to you or forwarded to you. Um, so there's a little bit more detail that's show, shown in the client, uh, which is nice. So you get you a bit more of a sense of uh, how that call got to you in the first place. Also, uh, the ability to create contact groups in the calling app. So uh, this is where you can uh, build out a group of users that you might want to ring and um, you can do that before. You had to kind of go in deep into the settings to find the, the call group setup, but you can do it right in the calling app as well. Um, lastly, um, in the operator connect space, we you know we've had the operator connect program out for uh, since twenty twenty one, but we now have operator connect mobile, uh, recently renamed Teams Phone Mobile. So this is where you can. Um, consolidate all your phone numbers into a single carrier. So if you the carrier of choice um, you pick rather than have to deal with, you know, deploying. uh, Users, DIDs through teams and then also acquiring another DID for their mobile carrier, you can consolidate them. So an organization of 10,000 users, instead of having 20,000 DIDs, you could just have 10,000. You don't have to worry about um, uh, dealing with a, a separate DID on a mobile device level and on a Teams level. So you can, your Operator Connect mobile or Teams phone mobile deals with consolidating those and kind of deciding the best path to renew uh, via Teams, via your mobile, uh, depending on what network is uh, better suited to take that call. So that's, that's pretty exciting. Also with Operator Connect the accelerator program was announced and that just allows for more carriers there's currently 45 operators uh listed in the operator connect program and the accelerator program is actually uh accelerating that um increase of of, you know of uh carriers in that space because there's other carriers that kind of championing the process to to onboard other carriers to make it instead of you know 12 to 24 months they can they can literally do it in, in a month's time so um that's that's pretty special to see. Shifting away from calling, I would be remiss if we didn't talk about uh, shared channels. Um, this was something that's been in the works for a long time and many organizations and uh, users have been asking for something like this. And this is just the ability to allow membership uh, to a team uh, you know, uh, for outside teams and organizations. So unlike a private channel, which is, um, users have to be a subset of the main channel um, that they belong to. Shared channels can have membership from anyone in your organization and also anyone outside your organization. So um, it's kind of neat to think about. Um, now you can have shared channels set up when two completely separate tenants and organizations can be collaborating together. Um, of course, you need to set up and worry about B2B Direct Connect in the cross-tenant access settings. So I'm not seeing a huge amount of adoption with this feature yet. I thought it would be, I've got a couple customers that have dipping their toes in the water with it. And I think it's likely due to the fact that a lot of them aren't sure how to do the B2B Direct Connect because it's turned off by default. So you do have to set that up before it starts to work. So that uh, caps off um, my year in review. I think we're, Kurt, we're talking about what we're looking forward to by kicking that off? Yeah, so
0: that that was quite a year, 2022, a lot of massive feature delivery right across M365 and Teams. What are you guys looking forward to in uh, 2023?
1: Yeah, so... uh, Oh, Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say, yeah, from my perspective, um, just a couple of things on like the the product side, you know, hoping that... uh, Mm -hmm you know, get some secure additional security enhancements uh, to uh, Microsoft Stream and uh, Microsoft Team share channels. Um, I think that'll be, uh, you know, good from, from that perspective. And uh, I'd like to see, you know, what the uh, deployment use cases for Microsoft Mesh will be when it uh, gets rolled out publicly. Um, and then, uh, you know, personally, uh, looking forward to more in-person conferences, looking forward to seeing uh, Dino and Michael, saw Kurt earlier this year which was great and uh looking forward to working on this podcast together and for our fifth year
0: Woo-hoo.
1: I, would,
2: I would echo majority of that uh sentiment as well in person conferences for sure uh hoping to get on the the speaking uh, ring again uh I think Commons next is one of the ones that we're throwing our hat hat into um, I think you know, we've seen a lot of things come out on, from Microsoft mm-hmm. around, you know, the contact center platform uh, and enhancements around kind of advanced call routing on call queues and auto tenants. So I'm hoping to see more uh, features coming in and, and kind of uh, reducing the gap between like a full-blown contact center and what's kind of natively within the Microsoft Teams. So it's kind of what I'm hoping for for 2023. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, yeah. And, um, I'm looking forward to more more Teams voice. I think um, what was the announcement was 12 million PSTN users on on Teams earlier. I'm sure that number has grown since then. Um, Operator Connect, Operator Connect Mobile. I, I think I'm I'm certainly seeing a, a big upswing in that. So I'm um, knee deep in lots of uh, voice deployment work. So uh, looking forward to continuing that. And uh, yeah, and also also seeing some faces I haven't seen in a couple of years. So. Um, Hopefully we can uh, all get together soon.
0: Yeah, likewise. Hey, I was just trying to think the last time we've all four of us have been physically in the same room. It's been I can't remember the last
3: time <laughs>
0: Ignite before the
2: pandemic. Yeah.
3: a
0: long ago. Definitely looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, probably for me, boring subject. But those uh, a- APIs, that's uh, I just I, re- I really hope Microsoft uh, thinks through the model correctly and the impact, not just on ISVs but the whole ecosystem. Um, I think they're doing that, but it'll be really interesting to see the model they they settle on and how it uh, impacts everything. Um, it, Teams premium interests me too. The investments in, like, spec- specifically the AI investments uh, in the meetings. I don't know about you guys, but I'm watching more meeting recordings than I ever have. Just trying to catch up with various. Various subjects and, you know, if I can skip ahead, see when someone's names mentioned, uh, get an action item assigned to me automatically and have have a follow up workflow that should be interesting and just help everyone's productivity. So a couple of things I'm looking forward to. But with that, it's been another fantastic year on the the O365 podcast front. Thank you, guys. And uh, we'll see you all in 2023. Yeah, thank you.